They're gritty as heck. We got flaws. We've got warts. So does everybody else. There's nobody perfect. That's why you see what 12th and third is two games. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Watching basketball games this weekend made me think of Another part of my life, I'm in a band. We play shows occasionally. I've talked about this with Vagabond John, who is this rock star drummer, I assume, in a band called Round Supper Club. Uh, my band played a gig a couple Fridays ago now. And the way we normally set up the show, normally most bars play three sets. Start about 10 o'clock. You play until bar close. The first set, fun songs. But you don't want to burn any total bangers in the first set because people are just kind of settling in they're milling about they're talking they're getting some beers second set all the bangers go people have had a couple of beers but they're not tired yet the second set is normally the peak of the evening and then the third set eh, whatever figure it out people are hammered they're starting to leave right we're going up until bar close this doesn't really matter we don't need perfect songs in the third set because people are taken off or they're so hammered they can't tell the difference I think the NBA has employed a, a very similar mindset in the way that they schedule their games. Because the beginning of the year, we're all watching just to watch. It doesn't matter. Give us a couple good games here and there, but eh. beginning of the year, whatever. The NFL is going on. Now, about this time of the year, you come out of the All-Star break. This is the NBA's second set. Right? This is when we're all in. We had Nets-Celtics on Friday night and then Grizzlies versus Nuggets. Right, Saturday was awesome. We had Sixers Bucks. Oh, wasn't that great? ABC at night. Oh, that was such a great game. And then yesterday, Suns Mavericks, Warriors Lakers, Hornets Nets. I'm kidding. <laughs> that one. Knicks Celtics was great. And then Memphis versus the Clippers last night, too. So many great games. This is the point where they're like, we're going to put all the good games in this portion of the schedule. Weekend matinee games, ABC games, games people can watch. Because the beginning of the year, eh, whatever. Middle of the year, we're all in right now, right after the All-Star break. And then once we get close to the playoffs, we're looking forward. We're thinking about seeding. Our mind is elsewhere. We're thinking March Madness. So we're in the second set right now of the NBA season. They just loaded it up with great games. As a good band, in my opinion, loads up the second set with all the best songs. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Maybe our friend Vagabond John can confirm or uh, deny that approach. Maybe you can back me up on that at some point during tonight's show. If you want to call or text to talk about Badgers basketball, Bucks played two games this weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and we're going to talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers because we got some interesting nuggets this morning. We got we got new Aaron Rodgers just dropped. We got a Mike Silver thing that we can talk about. Peter King wrote something in his Football Morning in America column. It's weird. It's like, oh, Monday morning, time to drop all this stuff. It's like, why don't you drop it when you had it? Because sports media works this way. Hey, I got something important to say, but I, I'm not going to say it until you know Monday morning starts and we're back on a normal news cycle. We'll talk about the Aaron Rodgers news cycle a little bit and the way that we've kind of settled into this groove of when the stories come out, right? What we do with the story. Like there's is very, this is very structured, right? The sports media feeds us this stuff in a very structured way. So I want to talk about some of these Rodgers nuggets, these tidbits that we got earlier today and the Rodgers news cycle as a whole. We'll have that conversation at 430. Maybe in the second half of the show, the 5 o'clock hour, that's normally when you hear from David Minona. Dave from Minona has to be celebrating today because Tony Granato was let go by the Badgers. 
head hockey coach, which Dave has been banging the drum for for as long as he's called the show. As long as he's been calling the show, he's like, oh, and by the way, they should fire Tony Granato. I know no one ever is ever going to say this. We like him. He's a nice guy, but they need to do this. Dave has got to be partying this afternoon. So I hope at some point in the five o'clock hour, we can talk about the uh, the departure of Tony Granato and only what I can assume to be a celebration from one Dave from Monona. 608-796-2558. If you want to call or text the show, that's the number one more time. 608-796-2558. And I'm on Twitter. If you want to reach out there, follow, block me, DM me, whatever. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Couple of fun basketball games from this weekend. I want to talk about them. Bucks played twice. Badgers played in Minnesota last night. They were in Minneapolis at the barn up in the Twin Cities. I wish I had some passionate opening segment today. I, I really wish I did. I, I wish I was mad about something from the Bucks Sixers game. I wish I had a strong take on Bucks Wizards last night and Giannis going for the triple double and then the NBA takes away that triple-double today. I I wish I cared about that. I did. I wish I had some passionate rant. I wish I was amped up about Badgers Gophers. I wish I was fired up. But honestly, the way I see it, nothing that important happened this weekend. And that's okay, right? As they said in the other guy, they're not all first-round picks, right? Not every game can mean the world. Not every game is super weighty. Not every game has implications for weeks down the road in the playoffs. And not every win or loss is a program alterer for Badgers basketball. I don't think anything important really happened this weekend. And that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I wish I wish that wasn't true. I wish I was mad. I, I wish I was jumping for joy or something. It's not true. Let's start with Buck Sixers. We can make our way through the weekend. That game was a massive bummer. Just like the game the Bucks lost to the Sixers, I believe in November. Is that the last time they played? That's when... Tyrese Maxey was hurt. James Harden might have been out. I think Tobias Harris. They basically had no one. That was the game that they let get away in Philly. They had that terrible third quarter. That game was a huge bummer. And at the time, that was probably their worst loss on the season before the Memphis game, before they got you know run off the court. Saturday night was a huge bummer. It sucks. But hey, you tip your cap. James Harden had a really good fourth quarter. I mean, he was 5 of 16 in the first half. That was really fun to watch, as always. The James Harden experience. It's beautiful basketball. Really enjoying and and fulfilling to watch. James James Harden was good in the fourth quarter. I tip my cap. Joel Embiid is really good. He had a great game. He was outstanding. I tip my cap to Joel Embiid. He also didn't WWE-style elbow Giannis in the stomach this game, which is really nice. That's a, that's a step in the right direction for Joel Embiid. I'm happy for him that he was able to abstain from, from a crazy, uh, dirty play like that. I'm tripping over my words. The fourth quarter, in all seriousness, the Bucks couldn't get stops. Right, That was their problem. They shot the lights out in the third quarter. They got out to a nice lead, and then they gave up a 12-0, 11-1, 13-1 run, whatever it was to start the fourth. They couldn't get stops. Sixers also shot 19 free throws in the fourth quarter, so there's that. Maybe I am more upset about this game than I'm leading on or I'm, I'm telling myself. The Bucks just couldn't close, and that happens sometimes. Bucks winning streak had to end at some point. Saturday's a good enough time. The Sixers have a knack for beating the Bucks in Really important regular season games, but that's that's a little bit of a paradox because no one single regular season game can really be that important. But the Sixers always managed to find a way. Like when they beat the Bucks on Christmas a couple of years ago, like that felt like the biggest deal in the world, even though it wasn't Saturday night. Felt like the biggest deal in the world, even though it's not. It was frustrating at the time. Now that I'm forced to talk about it, I'm a little annoyed. But whatever. GG. Well played. Both teams on Saturday. Maybe they meet in the playoffs or maybe... 
just maybe the Sixers lose to some dumb team like the Hawks again in the second round. It's been known to happen. Let's talk about Bucks Wizards last night. I didn't watch. The Badgers were on. But I did see the clip of Giannis goosing himself a triple-double, which I think is funny. I think it's funny when Giannis does it. I would have thought it was funny when Jokic did it, too. Right? Jokic has been accused of stat padding by a lot of NBA people in the last two weeks. Right? So now the Jokic crowd is all of a sudden coming for Giannis. Oh, look at this. Giannis cares about his stats. Giannis is stat padding. Let me be abundantly clear on this. I don't care. I never said Jokic is a stat padder. Jokic can get all the numbers and stats that he wants. The Nuggets, like, organize and are very intentional about the way they do rotation, so Jokic really doesn't have to play with any bad players. That keeps his efficiency up, because efficiency wins MVPs in 2023, I guess. It's it's all about efficiency. Okay. But I don't care about Jokic's numbers. I don't care. Go for all the triple-doubles in the world. I don't care. All these players should go get their stats. It's up to us and the NBA media at large to interpret those stats. That's my issue. My issue is not with Nikola Jokic. It's that the NBA media at large is watching this guy. And it's like, this is the greatest basketball player we've ever seen on planet Earth. It's like, really? I don't, I don't know that he is. Well, if you look at the stat, oh, the, 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 the stat Raptor. It's like, don't, if a stat tells me that Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player of all time, I, I don't want to hear the stat. And I'm not anti-stats. You know me. I'm not anti-stats. Big analytics guy here. Big stats guy. Big. I mean, I never took a stats class, but. Doesn't mean I'm a stat denier. My issue is that the NBA media at large is like, Jokic is a stat patter. And then, the, and then the Jokic people push back, and then Giannis tries to get a triple-double, and everyone attacks him for it. Just Everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. If Giannis has got a triple-double, it's fine. Jokic gets a triple-double, it's fine. Right? We need to be better at interpreting these things. Can I go on a mini NBA rant very quickly before we talk about the Badgers? And it has nothing to do with Nikola Jokic. It really has nothing to do with the Bucks. I watched Milwaukee twice this weekend. I watched Boston twice this weekend. I watched Philly once. See, I watched Warriors Lakers yesterday. I watched Memphis a couple of times, but really what stuck with me after this weekend was Boston and Philly. I can't stand watching either one of those teams. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're Eastern Conference rivals. They annoy me for that reason in a different department. We could talk about that. Like, yeah, they're a rival. They annoy me. They also annoy me because they're the two whiniest basketball teams I have ever watched in my life. I don't like sitting down and watching a two and a half hour NBA game. And Jason Tatum looks like he's going to cry. And, and, and Grant Williams looks like he's going to cry. And they're just incredulous looking at the refs like the ref just shot their mom. It's so, and then you watch the Sixers. James Harden cries the whole game. Joel Embiid cries the whole game. Doc Rivers cries the whole game. It's such a bad look. And I seriously think the Sixers and the Celtics, we know this about the Celtics because we watched it last year in the playoffs. These teams play themselves out of games because they get so whiny and so in their own head about how the refs are doing them wrong or about how something didn't go their way. They literally mentally play themselves out of games. And a team like the Knicks, who's a bunch of, uh, what would the term be? junkyard dogs, they, they feast on that. They feed on that. It's like chum in the water for a team like the Knicks or like the Bucks, who are just stone-faced, a little bit nasty, a little bit aggressive, right? Giannis will sometimes gesture to ref. You, you ever notice Giannis will gesture to ref if he doesn't get a call? He moves on in a second. He puts his head down. He's like, all right, moving on. And that's it. Tatum will he'll, he'll jog up the floor. He won't get back on defense. Look at the jumbotron. Just make the whiniest face. It's so annoying. I can deal with load management to a degree. I can deal with players being injured and, and not being available. 
it's this whiny crap that bothers me so much. And it's the Sixers and it's the Celtics. It bit the Celtics in the ass last year in the playoffs, and it's going to happen to the Sixers too. Sixers are going to play the Knicks, and James Harden's going to get in his own head, and Joel Embiid's going to be crying, and Josh Hart is going to love it quickly. He's going to love it. Those guys are going to love it. They feed on that. So it's so hard to watch. It's so annoying to watch. James Harden had this great fourth quarter. All he did was bitch, 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 bitch the whole time. Like, he wasn't even enjoying being out there playing basketball, even though the game went well. All he did was cry the whole time. It was hard to watch. It was really annoying. I'm sick of it. I wanted to say that before we talk about the Badgers. Let's talk about the Badgers. All right, let's shift to this. Played the Gophers last night. I'll be 100% honest with you. I didn't watch it live. I caught up on it after the fact. I watched The Last of Us when it premiered at 8 o'clock. And in the moment I felt bad about it, all-time decision-making by me. Great decision. I regret nothing. The episode is fantastic. I actually think if we're talking TV for a sec, like, it had a moment last... The Last of Us had a moment last night. Who watched? Did you watch? I walked away from that episode thinking, okay, this went from a good HBO show to a next level. Like, there's the episode that I... When I look back at this season and at this series when it concludes, I'm going to look back at last night's episode and think that's where it turned for me. That's where I, I really said, oh, wow. Okay, so there's some big stuff going here. Right? It's like when Ned Stark's head got chopped off. They all said, that's when Game of Thrones really... That's when the show changed. That's when it really let you know this is the show that you're a part of. That was last night for The Last of Us. I regret nothing. All-time decision-making by me last night, watching The Last of Us instead of Wisconsin-Minnesota. I caught up on the game. Look, winning or losing last night was not going to change Wisconsin's seeding situation in the Big Ten tournament. Winning last night wasn't going to get them a bye. They're playing on Wednesday anyways. Not much to be gained from a win. Let's be honest. Last night was the classic game where if you win, you get nothing. If you lose, it's a catastrophe, right? The, the, the Badgers could only get worse after last night. They could only be seen in a worse light. I understand you got to go on the road, beat a gopher team in their house. It's hard to win in this league. It's the Big Ten. Anything can happen. Yeah, all that. It's college basketball. It's the flukiest sport we have. I, I get it. Minnesota is terrible. That team is awful. So Wisconsin winning last night really doesn't do anything for me. Losing, it would have been it, it would have been mass chaos. Dogs and cats living together it would have been terrible. But a win is like, okay, you took care of business. Now we move on to the Big Ten tournament. Wisconsin's problem all year has been their inability to make twos. Where we could talk about Chucky Hepburn's shot selection. Oh, they don't foul when they're up three. By the way, did you see Indiana fouling up three against Michigan? Worked out pretty well for them this weekend. Just saying. But, but we could talk about all these, these things that have plagued the Badgers all year long, and we could probably come up with a list. The biggest thing, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong, is they can't make twos. They miss a ton of shots they just can't afford to miss. They miss layups. They miss bunnies. They miss all these shots. It's like you just can't leave those points on the floor. You got to get those points. You can't miss those shots. Right? And that's been their problem all year because three-point shooting is going to ebb and flow for every team. Even the best teams in the country are going to have bad shooting nights from three. It just happens, right? But the good teams, and Wisconsin has historically in my lifetime been a very good team, is when they don't hit their threes, they still have a baseline level of success on offense. You get to your twos, you get to the rim, you get to the free throw line. The Badgers don't have that. They don't make twos. They don't get to the free throw line. They don't get to the rim. And when they do, they miss, right? The Badgers haven't had that foundation on offense this year. And a big part of that is Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, both of whom were outstanding last night. They combined to go 17 to 24 from the floor. But it's Minnesota. They can't guard anyone. They can't get any rebound. They, they, they're they soft. They're soft on the inside. So, of course, Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell are going to cook. 
And I'm not taking anything away from those guys last night. I thought it was a nice moment for two players who have really struggled in moments and struggled around the rim, and they, they were great. But it's Minnesota. And I said this two weeks ago or so, and I still believe it. This team has been typecast. I feel like we kind of know who they are and what they do, what they can do, what they can't do. Like in 2020, 2021, the Badgers literally did not beat a team once all season long that finished above them in the Big Ten standings. Anytime they play Iowa, anytime they play Kofi Coburn in Illinois, anytime they play a team that finished better than they'd lose. Michigan, twice, they lost without fail. There was no upsets. There were no surprises. They were not beating a team that's better than them. They weren't capable. And that became very clear by the end of the year. This team is just clear to me that they don't have the offense and they don't have the ability to score in the paint against teams that can actually defend the paint, which is a lot of the Big Ten, a lot of good centers in the Big Ten, a lot of big centers in the Big Ten. Tyler Wall cannot be your your leading man down low. He's 6'8", and he's undersized compared to other bigs. Zach Eady, Trace Jackson Davis. Thank God Kofi Coburn is gone, right? He ate Tyler Wall and, and company alive every single time they played. I just feel like last night was nice, and it gives them a little positive momentum going into the Big Ten tourney, but... I don't think we learned something new. I don't think this team took a step last night. They just beat a terrible opponent they were supposed to beat. Sorry, not to be negative, but it's just kind of the reality. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant, Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. I'm Grant Bills reacting to some of good basketball games we had this weekend. Bucks Sixers was a bummer. Bucks Wizards last night was whatever. I don't care about the honest triple double. I don't care that he went for it. I don't care that the league took it away. I don't care. I don't care. We talked Badgers Gophers last night too, although I really don't know that that game is a big deal. If you lose it, it's a catastrophe. If you win, it's whatever. It doesn't mean much. I got a text here. Great reminder. Thank you for pointing this out. Don't forget the Central Alaska game at the high school level. Awesome game. I swear, I've hosted this show since 2018. And some of my favorite sporting events in that window have been games between Lacrosse Central and Alaska High School. Those two teams show out. And then Central, you know, always shows out a little bit more in the playoffs. Sorry, Alaska. Riverhawks kind of own you. F- formerly the Red Raiders, of course. Uh, but then canceled culture. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, Onalaska really gave that away on Saturday night. Not trying to be a jerk, but yeah, you guys kind of let that one get away. Packers in the NFC Championship style. Let's talk to Hector in Onalaska. Maybe he can uh, speak to the buzz up north. The Hilltoppers, Hector, your Hilltoppers took one on the chin on Saturday. That was brutal. Yeah, well, I uh, I grew up in California, and then when I moved here, I went to well, private school, so... Ooh. Uh, well, I, I didn't go and to then when I went, Orana, so it's, it doesn't... It's oh, true. I took virtual high school because I tested out of everything. Um, I graduated high school when I was 16, so I didn't really have anything around here. Um, yeah, I heard about... I was reading this uh, thing about the disgusting act of Giannis trying to get that last rebound. What, what a monster... Um, there were kids. It was, uh, That's what makes me. Sick. I know. Oh. Right. People came to watch an honest game. Oh, 
Don't I, yeah. I, I wasn't gonna get into it because I've been having a pretty good day. I'm sick <laughs> of my just, stomach after that we're talking about it. I know the the listeners are just done with it. I understand. I'm sorry, guys. I uh, just I was having a perfect day. Just got done with my deliveries and everything. Stopped at a friend's house to because my daughter made his daughter like a friendship letter, and I was supposed to drop it off. Oh. Adorable. Uh, she thinks because I work for FedEx, I just do whatever deliveries she wants me to. So, but yeah, and then I got in a screaming match with a guy who's going thirty down to twenty five and almost hit my friend's dog that was out on the road. So I guess it was it was suspiciously too good of a day. So hey, I was kind of expecting something. Speaking of screaming matches, uh, your boy Russell Westbrook and your boys, the Clippers, finally got a win last night. That, that was much needed. Yeah. After. I, I'm not gonna, not that the regular season means anything, but the Clippers are 500. They were winless since adding Russell Westbrook. They kind of needed that one. I'm, I'm glad they got it. They did. And they, they, they uh, used him. Which was the thing that, you know, they haven't been, he's kind of been getting integrated into everything and whatnot. So I was happy that he finally got, like, he was really actually running. It looked like he was helping run the offense yesterday during the game, and I enjoyed that a lot. So I, yeah, I also was uh, seeing that Derek Carr got $150 million uh, with the Saints. And everyone that I was listening to or talking to in my group chat and stuff was talking about how that pretty much is like almost like a way to get Rodgers to the Jets. Because now the Jets are out of the Derek Carr sweepstakes. So now it's like, oh, we don't have any other options. We got to get Rodgers. Now we got to, you know, do this yeah. and do that. Sweepstakes is it? That's a strong word for Derek Oh, no, no, no. I said, well, no, no, no. I said I- sweepstakes. With a, with, it wasn't plural, just one, just one sweepstake. I, I, I see. I, I just we have these signings in the off season every year. A couple of years ago, was Mike right. Glennon to the Bears, and everyone's like, "Oh, that might work." But yeah. deep down, we all know Mike Glennon's terrible. When Mitchell Trubisky signed with the the Steelers, everyone was like, "Well, they don't need someone great. This, this could this could work." Derek Carr is that the new version of that? They're like, "Well, they got a good defense. They got good. It's, he stinks. He's not any good." In the offseason, when we're removed from the games and we don't have to watch Mike Glennon, we don't have to watch Mitchell Trubisky, we don't have to watch Derek Carr, then we're like, oh, great signing. As soon as the games start, we're going to watch Derek Carr and be like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, he, he ain't that's that. And, and, it'll, and it'll stink. Yeah. It'll, it'll all become clear to us right away. And and this is the thing. how um, the, the Saints are in cap hell. Yes. So I don't know how they're even going to get this money. The only things that I can think of is that they're going to be cutting ties with people like Mike Thomas, who hasn't really done much. Camaro, who is facing all these allegations. So like, who's Derek Carr going to have? I don't know, man. I, I'm just, I'm over the They Derek might Carr. put Taysom Hill at tight end, finally. Yeah, well, and but he's, I think he's making a pile of money, me. too. I I, the, the reason I brought up Derek Carr is because I think it screws me over as a Ravens fan because they were finally starting to, like, make a little bit of leeway with uh, Lamar as far as, like, contracts and stuff. And from what I heard today, he's now set at the 250 full guarantee. He doesn't want anything else because the Saints just gave Derek Carr all this money, and apparently they Ravens had offered Lamar 175 fully guaranteed up to 200 million with uh, incentives and whatnot and he said no so now we're probably gonna unexclusively franchise tag him or non-exclusive and uh hopefully we'll match something or 
I might be a Lions fan. <laughs> I just hope he plays. Hector, I'm going to move on in case somebody else wants to get in here. I appreciate you, and I'm glad that you oh, had yeah. a good day until it was not a good day all of a sudden. Have a good one, buddy. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> That's Hector in Alaska. We just talked about like six different things. The Derek Carr signing, there's a signing like this every offseason. And, and I seriously think it's because football's not going on. Because when we watch football on Sundays, we don't like watching Derek Carr, Mike Glennon, Mitchell Trubisky. And I, I know Derek Carr is better than both of those guys. But Jameis Winston, when he signed with the Saints, it's like, well, this could be great. But it probably won't be. And as soon as we have to watch it on our TV, and as soon as we see it with our own eyes, we're going to be like, oh. Yeah, I watched Patrick Mahomes last week, and that's, that's not even in the same universe right there. I watched Aaron Rodgers a couple hours ago. This is not it. Like Derek Carr in the AFC South, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. It's like these guys, these guys aren't it. But in the offseason, when we're removed from the games and we're not seeing it on our TV and all we see is, oh, a quarterback signs with a team that has a somewhat competent round. Oh, I don't see that's, that's great signing. Great, great, great for Derek Carr. Great for the, they're going to be mid. They're going to be 500. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to look ugly on the TV, and Derek, it's just not going to be enjoyable. So I'll just tell you right now, this is not a prediction. This is a spoiler. This is a signing that will be very meh. But that's what the Saints do. The, the Saints get some mid-quarterback every year now that seems to be their destiny and just rotate them through. And they think they have this elite roster. They don't. As Hector said, it's deteriorating. They have no money. Vagabond John is here. 608-796-2558. What's up, Vagabond John? I wonder how many Saints fans felt the exact same way about Drew Brees when he came from the Chargers, right? Well, that is so different, though, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's just that specific fan base has caught lightning in a bottle from getting a midnight guy. Now, obviously, the difference is Drew Brees showed more promise. Derek Carr has put together good seasons. Uh, you know, the other example where it has worked is Kirk Cousins with the Vikings, right? I mean, has that yes, worked? The average. Has, let's talk about what, yeah. what is working in Minnesota. They've won one playoff game, correct? Well, they win the division, okay. right? They've actually had a lot of good success over the Packers. So, putting your expectations of your team compared to expectations of other teams, I think, is important context when analyzing these offseason moves. Like the Saints just. Bought their quarterback who probably absolutely is good enough to win that division because it's their division. We're analyzing as Packer fans, you know, for Vikings, it's like, yeah, they moved what they went from Brett Favre to who. And then now they've had Kirk cousins and it's the most stable situation they've had. And they've actually had, you know, pretty good success. Yes. The average Viking fan, what's better the last five years or the five years previous to that, you know, probably they've been doing okay. Right. I suppose um, the Saints seem here. They're okay with just being middle of the pack and you know being a, a borderline, being a bubble team in the playoffs. And I I weirdly respect that because they refuse to tank. They they don't want to do that to their fans and some of the good players they have on the roster. But they're just stuck in the middle ground. Like you're just I don't their know. Their offense is better. elite. For the Vikings fans out there, I mean, they've had a number of first round draft picks. We talk about Jordan Love being a bad pick. How about guys that get kicked out of the league three weeks after draft day? You know, like. Imagine drafting that cornerback that they did, who then all of a sudden is arrested. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it could be worse, right? And, and their draft luck has been awful. Um, so I think Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, I don't know how we got all the way under this take, but, um, you know, they have a couple first-round picks turn out a little bit better, and, and they're 
you know, they're dominating the Packers. But yeah, but, uh, yeah, Hector, but they, if, all of their picks to... worked out a couple of years ago, right? You get Stephon Diggs in the fifth round, and you get all like Eric Hendricks as a later pick. Like that's how drafting works. You have great years. And then you have bad years. So the Vikings had their great years, and they couldn't capitalize on it when Kirk Cousins first got there. That's when it was supposed to work. And, yeah, they haven't had picks since that have worked out, but that's how the draft works. It's this hit-and-miss game. Even the best GMs have misses. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, listen, if you are driving 30 in a 25 right now, uh, you should not be afraid of some man coming out and screaming at you uh, for almost hitting your neighbor's dog who's on the road. Layers I'm really that. analyzing this as a victim uh, society, right? Like, who is at fault there? Why is the dog on the road? Is going 30 in a 25 really that bad of a thing? That's where my head was going. There are a lot uh, of layers to Hector's call. A lot of layers, yes. There was a lot going on there. Um, yes. The second set should have the most energy. That was the most important thing I wanted to talk to okay. about today. You mentioned it in your open. Listen, at the end of the night, everybody's too drunk to know what's going on. Exactly. It's perfect. But if you're a real band and you got a real thing going, no breaks. Okay, so I'm 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 with you. I'm young enough. I don't need break I don't need breaks. Like I could play three hours without stopping. Sometimes it's nice for everyone to have a chance to go to the bar. Like, I would like to do hour-and-a-half set, break, hour-and-a-half set, break. I would like to go to the two-set format, right? But sometimes the place kind of dictates bandmates. It just breaks my heart. Dance floor is full and people are going nuts. It breaks my heart to say, hey, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back. It's like, yeah, but you know Midwesterners, Vagabond John. They're going to take this as an opportunity to leave. They're going to say, oh, geez, I got to go, go let the dog out. I got, Oh, it's getting late. Like, I don't want to give people that opportunity. Yeah, they slapped both their knees and said, well, better get going. Yeah, it's exactly what happens. But yeah, no breaks. Uh, go down to Nashville and you'll see how they do it. They, all the band members get a break, but somebody just plays a different instrument for a while and it all works out. But um, in terms of the Badger game yesterday, nothing can be gained from it. Your point was spot on. Ooh. No good can come from it. Wow, Tyler Wall made a couple layups against a guy who was what a low three-star recruit and he's a true freshman and he has three fouls dear god i hope the fifth year senior can do something yeah zach heilbrin uh... and uh jesse temple made a great point on the swing i was listening to it right before we came on air so there's a player from minnesota and i'm gonna pull up the box score because i want to triple check to make sure this is correct uh garcia for the um for the gophers i'm gonna think of his name he didn't have a single rebound dawson garcia didn't have a single rebound this guy's 610 He's 6'11". He didn't have a single rebound. That's who they were going against. Yeah, he's a five-star that had to transfer out of uh, North Carolina, I believe. But uh, they they were starting two freshmen, Payne and then I uh, forget the guy's name who's in foul trouble the whole game. But they were both rated as, as lesser recruits than Chris Hodges and Marcus Ilver. And, you know, uh, the Badgers get to beat up on those guys in practice every day. So then they go to this guy and... It's just not a Big Ten team. So a lot of people were trying to say a lot of positive things. Yes, I understand. Let's not just be pessimistic the whole time. But I actually wish they had a harder challenge or they would have blown them out going into the tournament. Because now I'm nervous. Uh, We have a great, great pass, though. Because like you mentioned, we cannot play teams with dominant big men. Oh, Ohio State, they have nobody down low. Iowa would be game two. They've got nobody down low. They're a a guard-dominant team. So... I'm actually excited about the Big Ten tournament because I think we match up really well against the two matchups. We win those two games, You're in. and we're dancing. Yeah. That's 
that's why I'm a little, that's my optimistic uh, self today. And then, of course, this uh, this hockey firing. Just touching on all the Badger news real quick. Um, if they lose against Ohio State, the gang that is out for Greg Gard's head will be 10 x Yeah. Because they have already floated a couple names for the men's hockey program, and there are some huge names that are being associated uh, with the next with the open head coaching spot. And if we go, you know, two of the three major men's sports uh, transitioning coaches and, and getting excitement, the 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 temperature of Greg Gard's seat going into next season is going to be warm, and it's going to be unfortunate because I think he's actually done a nice job of turning things around and, and building some momentum. But I, like I don't know where your comments. thoughts are at. I, no, I, I like hearing from Greg Gard after every game. I, I think he's done a good job kind of putting the season into perspective. And, and then again, like that's the coach's job. Go to the podium and, and sell us on why it's working, even if the results aren't great. But I, I'm definitely still very much buying what Greg Gard is selling. I'm interested to hear if we get a call from David Monona to talk about the uh, firing of Tony Granato because I know that's the drum he's been banging for a while. Back and, and the next the next thing he says is, let's get Coach Johnson in there. Why is he still coaching the women? It's like, dude, you can't coach the women's game for 20 years and just seamlessly transition. It's a very different sport. Wow, uh, but I know a, I think that's, that's who a, he's been. It's a pretty regressive thing to say, Vagabond, John. I, I don't, it's pretty, come on. No, it's, they're different. <laughs> I mean, they're. Uh, they are. I'm a ground with you. Sport. <laughs> I'm with you, yes. I gotta take a break. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I gotta take a break. Right. You're not being canceled. I, I'm actually just woefully late for a break. Hey, I love the women's team. They're great. Uh, best team <laughs> on campus. So uh, keep the game going. Uh, about to hit the golf range. Got to get ready for the uh, for the springtime. So we'll talk to you later, Grant. Yeah. See you, Vagabond John. And the Zones got their hook and fade outing coming up this weekend. <laughs> I did you hear that Vagabond John said? That someone who coaches women's basketball can't coach men's basketball? <laughs> I got a couple texts to read. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. Let's take a five-minute break. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs> having an awesome night. Hope you had a great weekend. Some good basketball games this weekend. Bucks Sixers was great. Bucks just came up on the losing side. Sixers are really getting there. I think they're really forming themselves into a, a nice little contending team. And if they have the opportunity in the playoffs, like they did last night to shoot, what was it, 19 free throws in the fourth quarter? That traditionally happens in the playoffs, right? Refs always give you every call in the playoffs. That's how that works. James Harden, that's why he's historically been so successful in the postseason. Same with Joel Embiid. Also, Joel Embiid, I tip my cap to him because he didn't throw a shoulder shimmy into Giannis's stomach last night. So, real progress from him. It's amazing to watch him grow and mature as a player. Good stuff there. Giannis had a triple-double last night. Then the league robbed it from him. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I didn't care that Giannis tried to goose the stat on the final possession. I care even less that the league rescinded that triple-double. And the Badgers beat the Gophers. Which is nice. I'm not trying to poo-poo this. I'm not trying to say, oh, it didn't matter. It just doesn't do anything additive for their season and for their resume. Losing would have been a catastrophe. It was nice to see Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall cook, although just about any big man can cook against that Minnesota defense. They don't have a defense. 
but positive. Again, not trying to be Mr. Negative here. Let's see. I don't understand what this text is. Is this from, oh, this is Tom from Minnesota. It says, last five years compared to the five before, the five before Cousins actually had a conference championship. Oh, the play. Oh, you're talking about the Kirk Cousins stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're talking about the Kirk Cousins stuff. I'm I'm being a really bad host here. So we were comparing Derek Carr to Kirk Cousins. Said last five years compared to the five before, the five before actually had a conference championship. Just saying for the last caller, I prefer deep playoff runs. 13 and 17 is better than 18 and and 22. Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are similar. Kirk Cousins is better than Derek Carr. I think he's significantly better. It doesn't make him all pro guy who can lead a, a Super Bowl run. I'm sorry, Tom. I I didn't put two and two together that you were talking about Kirk Cousins there for a sec. I'm sorry. The Vikings brought in Kirk Cousins, and he was saying that's been a success. I I guess it has been. They've won one playoff game. We were talking about what does success for the Saints mean having Derek Carr. And I said, well, it might contend for a division, but it's a terrible division. But I guess that's what the Saints are doing, right? I, I would rather take a step backwards to then take more steps forward to try to win a Super Bowl. Right, I think the Vikings at some point are probably going to have to make that decision as well. Packers might too. We'll see. 608-796-2558. Eric on I-90. What's up, Eric? How's it going, Grant? It's going outstanding. We were talking about the Badgers and the Gophers, two of our teams locking horns last night. Although you might not be a Gophers fan. You're just Vikings, right? Yeah, just Vikings. That's right. I'm uh, otherwise it's all Wisconsin. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I think what you're trying to say is that the Badgers win was a non-value-added win. Nice. That's what we would call it. Non-value-added win. Who's we? I think that's what we would, I think that's what you're trying to call it. I see. Oh, okay. So you was in, I, I didn't know if that's you and your friends, you and your coworkers. Okay. Yeah. You're getting a win. It's, it's on the record, but it's, it's not boosting your resume at all. No, it's not helping because. At the end of the day, the Wisconsin Badgers, what do they do? Uh, they they miss, suck. They, well, that's a little harsh. They miss two-point shots. They're it's not going on the rim. You know, lots of their offense right. shuts off for long stretches. Yeah. Well, maybe they don't suck, but they play sucky basketball. And you know what's incredible? I, I think it's interesting that they played the Gophers last night. Gophers are the worst team in the Big Ten. They're terrible. And Badgers fans, we've done nothing but complain for the last couple of weeks about how this team stinks and they're not any good. They're going to make the tournament probably. Like It's amazing the expectations and the standards we hold our basketball team to. You know, compare that to the team across the river who's actually having a miserable season, actual bad year. Right. We're always looking at stuff through our own rose-colored glasses, right, as Ronnie Millsap would say. Oh, God, that's a good thing. Right? Wait, rose-colored glasses? That's not Ronnie Mill. Is that John Connolly? Rose-colored glasses. It is John Conley. Do I know my classic country, or do I know my classic country, Eric, on I-90? You I do. do. I do, do know who Ronnie Conway, Millsap, though. Do you, do you know who Conway Twitty is, then? Uh, his real name? What is his real name? Uh, it's funny. I was listening to... I, was, I just heard that this weekend, too. I was, it was listening. Facebook, it's so funny, because I, I knew it like a week or two ago, because I was watching Glenn Campbell clips, and he did a Conway song, Conway Twitty's real name. I'll look it up. Um, it's something very nondescript. It's, really off track. it's Harold Lloyd Jenkins. That's what it is. There you go. There you go. There you go. And I'm he made his name up off two two names off of a map. Did he really? Conway is a town, and 
Quitty is a towel, yep. Oh. Yep, so, that's, so, uh, that's, uh, that's fact. I appreciate you. Oh, well, Twitty City. More, I found it, yeah. More, more useless information. <laughs> like a useless but win for the Badgers last night, yeah. Non-value-added information is what we have right there. Yeah, no kidding. What did you call to talk uh, about? about? Anything sports-related? What, what was your goal here? I'm sorry. I'm. Yes, yeah. yes, I did call. <laughs> I called about the Pepto-Bismol Brigade. Those uniforms that the Wizards wore last night. Ugh. Yeah. Wasn't that that awful? I think the NBA's gotten a little out of hand with some of the jerseys. I've seen it on the TV because my wife turned the game on. I was out in the kitchen. I couldn't, you know, so my eyes are bad. I'm like, oh, my God, the Bucks aren't wearing them. that pink outfit, are they? And thank God they weren't. They weren't. Thank God. We, have, we don't wear pink, do we? No, no, men don't wear pink. Maybe Dave will lecture us on that. I no, they well, have a, they have a blue, they have a blue, a black, and a, and a green. Oh, purple. They do have purple, but that's like a tribute to the '90s and the early 2000s. That's a throwback. Right, and I don't know if that pink was for some sort of foundation or society. Maybe they were, you know, wear pink. I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to sound. I like bet it's I bet it's that. for the cherry I bet it's for the cherry blossoms in DC. I, I could look it up. I bet that's if you looked up what the team announced when they put those jerseys out. I, I bet that's I'm going to Google it. I bet that's what it is. Well, they're horror awful. They're horror awful. They should never wear them again. <laughs> and uh, that was really my only sports take. Other than other than Derek Carr, I don't think he is as good as Kirk Cousins. No, I don't think I'm he with is. you. You. You don't, but the thing is, is you don't have to be a great quarterback to get a Super Bowl win. And I think that our friend for the Rams is a perfect example of that. That's a whole bee's nest that I don't need to kick again. I agree with you because I don't think Matthew Stafford's any good. There's probably better examples of of not great quarterbacks winning Super Bowls, but I agree with you on this because I don't think Matthew Stafford's any good. Yeah. What we have witnessed is very great quarterbacks not winning Super Bowls. And no kidding. That's what we have yeah. witnessed. I have way more we examples have, of that. <laughs> we have way more examples of great quarterbacks that are not winning Super Bowls. And yeah. You know, but Patrick Mahomes, is, and I really wanted to tell Ben Kenny this, you know, I, I felt bad for him. But you know those – Mahomes is a great quarterback, right? Yeah. And the Eagles – you know, they played true to form in the whole Super Bowl. <clears throat> and you're exactly right. Excuse me. Yeah. You're exactly right. You can't rely on defense because their defense just wasn't able to keep up in the second half. But their offense played the same as they did all year. It was so good. And Mahomes does a 15 to 20 foot scamper, and they lose the Super Bowl over it. It's brutal. Right? You're exactly right. Defense. Cannot win, and Philadelphia's defense just slipped a little bit there, right? Yeah. That's all it was. They had a bad because defenses have bad games. Even great defenses had bad games. No, you're exactly right, Eric. Uh, I have to take a break because I got to get one one more in here before five o'clock. It was nice to hear from you. I hope your week is off to an outstanding start. It sure has, Grant. I hope your week week goes as well. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate you, Eric. I did look up the jerseys, by the way. Uh, they're called the Bloom City Edition, and it is. Uh, as their website says, a tribute to the city's iconic cherry blossoms. So there you go. That's why the jerseys wear, or the wizards wear pink jerseys. That makes sense. They're city edition. There's, there's always some artsy tribute to the city. They could have, you know, 
could have had uh, snakeskin jerseys with scales because politicians were snakes. Joke was funnier in my head when I thought it up. Three minutes, we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show gonna do some Packers stuff in the second half of the show and I'm thinking Dave from Monona at some point has to call and celebrate the firing of Tony Granado seems like a weird way to put it but Dave's been asking for this for a while so if Dave's listening tonight I feel like he's gonna get his moment we got one or two minutes here before we got to take a break Tom Brady might not be quote done after all according to Rich Eisen says folks are saying keep an eye on Miami I don't accept this. Brady can't come back. You got you to be done, buddy. You retired the first time. You get a freebie. You retired again. Very heartfelt video on the beach. We talked about it on the show. I was like, man, very few have given as much to anything as Tom Brady has given to football. And we did the whole, I'm not, I'm not I'm doing this again. I'm not, no. I don't accept this. Stay retired. It also seems bizarre that Rich Eisen is like, look out for the Dolphins. Now, people forget Rich Eisen is a Michigan man, as is Tom Brady. Could there be something there? Probably not. Probably region. But no, I I don't accept Tom Brady coming back to the league. You have to be done, buddy. You can't be far. Why why do all these quarterbacks do this? Maybe Tom Brady needs a darkness retreat. Maybe he needs time to ponder. Maybe he needs to do some plant medicine. AKA drugs. We can just call them drugs. There's not that much shame in doing drugs. A lot of people do drugs. Plant medicine seems. I don't know. I just don't like when people call it that. This conversation's gone off the rails. We were talking about Conway Twitty like eight minutes ago. We need to change this up. Packers, Aaron Rodgers, new comments this morning from some reporters. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's get back, back to business. Down to brass tacks. We need a hard reset. We're back in two minutes. One watch by night. One watch by day. You get confused. They're gritty as heck. We got flaws, we've got warts. So does everybody else. There's nobody perfect. That's why you see what 12th and third is two games. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Tom Brady cannot come back. I just, I, I thought the retirement... The first time, it's fine. You get a freebie. You can come back. You can play more. And then he retired a second time, and it was very genuine, and we all bought into it, and I was happy for him. Also sad, but happy. You can't do this again, because then, because now you're you're being a meme. You're being a punchline. And I just won't have that. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his situation with the Packers. I want to do it in a way that's a little bit new. A couple of headlines today, a couple of comments, one from Peter King, one from Mike Silver. I think both are very interesting. So we'll do that in a couple minutes. To set the stakes, Andy Herman tweeted this about 10 minutes. I could not agree more. I actually had something like this written down. He tweeted, it's such a weird feeling knowing that any moment an alert is going to show up on my phone 
and will change the course of my day and the entire course of the Packers franchise forever. And it's almost surely coming this week. Yeah, it is pretty bananas to think about with all the lead up, really a couple of years of lead up and now a couple of weeks and a darkness retreat and Aubrey Marcus podcast that at some point we're just going to get a tweet from Adam Schefter or Tom Pelissero that says the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have fill in the blank. And we're just waiting for it. It's just going to hit us out of nowhere one of these days. I love sports. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. 608-796-2558. Before we get into the Packers, uh, we got to talk to David. David, hello. Uh, Good evening. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I have bad news for you. I think you're going to be upset with me. Well, but you made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I, I know. I made you an offer. And my weekend got away from me, and I did not watch the film that I yeah, promised cool. to watch for you. Well, you know, plenty of time. No, a man, no, 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 no. I need to wear this, David. A man is only as good as his promises and his word. And I, I did not, I, I didn't, I didn't. I told you I was going to watch Godfather this weekend, and I didn't. And I, I need to be better than that. Well, you know, I, I would love to throw out some phrases, but they could be spoilers for your watching the movie. Ooh, okay. I'll just say you won't be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Are you feeling uh, the stress and just the the suspense of this Aaron Rodgers thing? I know we've talked a lot the last couple of years about Rodgers standing and his future with the Packers. I just feel like something's going to fly to nowhere. It's like an anvil hanging above my head. Whenever this tweet, whenever so I, this breaking news is going to cross, it's just going to nail me out of nowhere. Right, and, and while you're doing this, while you're doing this, you should have two songs prepared to play. <laughs> okay. The first, the first song is obvious. It's all you need is love. Okay. Okay. Right, I got it. That one's easy. Yeah. But you got to come up with the song for what if Aaron Rodgers decides to stay. And you should have them queued up and ready to go. What about uh, Stay by Jackson Brown? Would that work? That's a classic. I bet you like you like that song. Yeah, it's okay. I think you can let your listeners help you out with this. What would be the appropriate song? It might be a Motown song. It's not hitting me at this moment. Okay. Maybe it's Stop in the Way of Love. I, you know, I'm not Ooh. sure what it is, but something that would be a Appropriate if Aaron decides to stay. We've already got one song ready, right? You, you give cue that one up. You give "Love a Bad Name" by bon, John Bon Jovi, perhaps. That's bon, that's what it's called, right? That's Bon Jovi, baby. Mm. Oh, leave it to your intelligent, handsome, gorgeous callers okay. to help you with this. I agree with that. Smart and good-looking contributors and callers. I agree. If, okay, so forget about the wordplay and the puns. If we learn that Rod okay. is coming back. And you have said yeah. multiple times last few weeks that it's time to move on. And you're a big Rodgers guy. You have been. If you hear that Rodgers yeah. is going to be back, what's the song that you will feel? Like, forget the wordplay. Like, how will you feel in that moment? And, and what song do you think best reflects that? Uh, you know, is there a song out there called It's Time to Move On? Hmm. I, I just, it's time to move on. Moving you out be by Billy Joel, fans? maybe. Uh, not bad. Moving out would be a good good one. Uh, yeah, I'm just feeling like, really, it's time to see what the rest of the team can do. Okay. And it's not really to be offensive. I don't want to be offensive to Rodgers with this, but, you know, your time has come. Is there a song out there? Your time has come. 
If there isn't, there ought to be. Let's write one. Let's all all pen some lyrics. You pen some, and then the next time we chat, we can okay. compare what we come up with. All right, that that sounds great. But in, you know, in the meantime, I really was surprised this morning because first I learned that Car was that the Jets were getting ready to sign Car, and I thought, oh, okay, well that's going to change things. And then all of a sudden, oh no, Car is getting signed. By a different team, cars getting signed by the Saints. Now maybe that's an indication that the Jets really are prepared to go after Rodgers. But you know who the hell knows? This suspense. I think it's just it really is time for a very intelligent man named Aaron Rodgers to make a call, make a decision. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you. I think it's gonna happen this week, which is fine. I don't think anything has been hurt not doing it before this week, but we're getting to the point. It's like, man, I'm starting to go a little nuts. <laughs> we got We got the draft coming up. We got all these things. And now the Jets, like the Packers, have a little bit more leverage because the Jets with Derek Carr off the table, it's like, well, are you really prepared to go into next season with Mike White, Zach Wilson? I don't know who else is available. Andy Dalton, somebody like that. Are you really prepared to do that? That's probably the Packers, if they tried to trade Rodgers there, it's probably what the Packers are going to say. Like, hey, do you really want to go into next season with Mike White as your starter? Your fans are going to buy that? You're going to get all your coaches fired? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I want I want your listeners to come up with a good song. Stop in the name of love is what I would say to Rogers right now. Right? Stop in the name of love. I like that. Yeah, I actually, so I have a, a newsy tidbit, let's call it, about Jordan Love, David. And I think I'm going to get to that next because Mike Silver gave us some interesting okay. uh some interesting stuff this morning. Right, I'm going to let you listening. know. I'll be listening. Oh, yeah. Appreciate I'll that. I'll be listening. Bye. Thanks, thanks, David. Have a good one. I'm sorry again that I, I didn't watch The Godfather. So, David, for the last two years, David has been my Aaron Rodgers fact checker of sorts. Anytime I'd get ranting and raving about how Rodgers messed this up or Rodgers needs to be better or Rodgers let us down, David would call in. I would see his number. Without fail, he'd be like, all right. He'd basically say, are, are you done? And I'd be like, yeah. He's like, all right, okay, so here's what's really happening. Okay, the special teams aren't good enough. The defense, he's been my my Aaron Rodgers fact checker. He, he brings great perspective, and he's always talked me off a ledge, and I appreciate that about David. Now, David, the last couple of weeks, has said, I want to go to love. It's time to move on. It's time to see what we have. Mike Silver, who writes for Bally Sports, he's a Bally Sports insider. I don't completely understand how that works and what his role is. Now, I'm going to read you the first paragraph from this Aaron Rodgers report today, right? Because it doesn't contradict what we've been saying about the Packers and Jordan Love, but it definitely adds a, a little bit of color. So here's what he wrote. He said, having entered a third consecutive offseason of Rodgers contemplating retirement or relocation while attempting to impose his will on player acquisition strategy, the Packers appear to be ready to hand things over to Jordan Love. And here's the interesting part. This is not so much because they can believe Love can continue their unprecedented three-decade streak of first-ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacking, though coaches say the 2020 pick is has greatly improved from his choppy first two seasons. More significantly, the Packers are exhausted by the combination of Rodgers' high-maintenance persona and what they perceive to be his low-commitment leadership over the last 12 months. So Mike Silver just used like 600 words to say something very simple. It's not that the Packers think Jordan Love is anything amazing, although they think he's, he's good. No, 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 that's not it. They're sick and tired of dealing with Rodgers, which kind of plays off of what 
Bob McGinn reported with Tyler Dunn at their Substack go long a couple of weeks ago. And so maybe there's there's a little bit more fire to that smoke. Maybe that wasn't just one salty grape source. Or maybe Mike Silver's talking to the same source. However, this seems a lot more specific. When when Bob McGinn said the Packers are disgusted, okay, I'm going to need a little bit more. This, this gives me something to work with. The Packers are exhausted by the combination of Rodgers' high-maintenance persona and what they believe to be his low-commitment leadership over the past 12 months. Right? Because we've heard from Albert Breer, we've heard from others, well, Jordan Love has taken a jump. Jordan Love has taken a jump. He's given them more confidence. But it's a combination of Jordan Love taking a jump and also the Packers are just sick of doing the song and dance. And the part about his low-commitment leadership over the last 12 months, that's fascinating to me. I'm going to read you a little bit more from this. As one high-level Packers source put it to me recently, the days of begging routers to return on his terms, which were essentially the organization's approach during each of the previous two off-seasons, are over. If the 39-year-old quarterback tells his bosses he wants to return and commit to a single-minded quest for a second championship, they'd be receptive. Anything short of that, however, would leave them less than enthused. That explains general manager Brian Gutekind's much-dissected comment during his combine press conference last Tuesday about, quote, making sure that it's the right fit before determining Rodgers' future with the franchise. The Packers believe that Rodgers somewhat checked out on them after signing a three-year, $150 million contract extension last March, ending weeks' worth of uncertainty about his future. I'm not saying that we got this right, but we were all over this. When we were talking about the combine, it would be last week, Tuesday, I think it was, this was the comment that kept jumping out. We were talking about this, this comment from Brian Gutekinds when he was asked, do you want Rodgers back? Those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit, but obviously we know the kind of player that Aaron is, and um, you know, once we had those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. We'll have more to say. So all of that is GM speak, coach speak. All of that, I, I didn't even hear what he said, honestly. I was looking at a tweet. But he mentions fit. Let me listen to that one more Those time. Those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. Right, but fit. obviously we know the kind of player that Aaron is. And, um, you know, once we had those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. So we'll have says, more to say. Obviously those discussions have to happen. And we know the kind of player that Aaron is. Coach speak, meaningless, meaningless. But making sure it's the right fit. Now, wait a minute. And this is the, the mental gymnastics we did last week when we were dissecting these comments. And we talked to Mike Clemens, who was at the Combine. said, what does fit have anything to do with this? This guy's been there since 2005. He, he, the reference that I made, the point of reference that I used, it, he got to town just shortly after John Kerry ran for president. Like, that's how long it's been. That's how long he's been a Packer. What do you mean, fit? How could he not be a good fit? He's more of a Packer than anyone. He's more of a Packer than Mark Murphy or Gutekinds or Lafleur. He's been there longer. He's one more. Fit. He can reference plays from five or six years ago. He can pull out hand signals from the McCarthy era from 2013. What do you mean, fit? And I said, is it the off-season? It can't be the off-season stuff. The training camp stuff, the OTAs. That can't be. I think that's what it is. And what Mike Silver wrote today, it's fascinating to me. Especially a part... The Packers believe that Rodgers somewhat checked out on them after signing a three-year, $150 million contract extension last March, ending weeks' worth of uncertainty about his future. So Rodgers got that deal and then checked out on him? What does that mean? Doesn't answer their calls? We know he doesn't come to OTAs or off-season programs or anything like that, but a lot of older quarterbacks don't. 
Then again, as Eric on I-90 said before 5 o'clock, a lot of great quarterbacks, a lot of older quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls. Right? And it's about finding those little advantages, those little edges. That's what the Eagles did. The Eagles were great at that. They're going to exploit this little contract loophole to bring in this guy. They're going to exploit this loophole in the rule book. We're just going to push our quarterback in the back. We're going to go for it on every fourth and one. And that'll help us on third down and second down. That'll help us ball and keep drives alive. You're finding these little edges. And as weird as it to say, I feel like coming to the offseason program as a 40-year-old quarterback, that's an edge. Because no old quarterbacks are active in the offseason. And the Packers must want that. It's very interesting that Mike Silver wrote... If Rodgers tells his bosses he wants to return and commit to a single-minded quest for a championship, they'd be receptive. So if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Packers and says, hey, I'm all about this. I'm going to come to OTAs. I'm going to come to training camp. I'm going to work with my guys in the offseason. I'm going to do this, that, the other thing. I'm going to answer calls and texts. I'm going to be receptive. I'm going to be part of the offseason training. Then they'd be fine keeping him? It blows my mind. Because that being a reality, that being true, Aaron Rodgers saying, I'll do all this, I'll, I'll do all that, and then the Packers changing their mind, that just speaks to how little he's done or, or how little he must be doing the last couple of years. Do you, does he get my point? I'm tripping over my words a little bit. I'm struggling to describe this. If Rodgers saying, I want to commit, makes the Packers do a complete 180 and want to hear him out and want to keep him, then what has things been like the last two years? How bad has it gotten? How checked out has he become? Right, I guess, how much room for improvement is there? How much more committed can he be? Do you get what I'm saying? Because the Packers have come up so short the last two years. I'd like to think that the Packers almost exhausted every option, that Aaron Rodgers was almost a part of everything. You telling me he's missing anything and everything? He's not answering calls, not answering texts, because that would really frustrate me the last couple of years. The Packers have had good teams. They've been coming up short. Let's talk to Brett in lacrosse real quick before we take a break. 608-796-2558. What's up, Brett? What's up, Grant? How's it going? Oh, I'm trying to make sense of this word salad and struggling. If you can't tell, I'm tripping over my words, but I'm doing my best. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are all about uh, analogies, right? I try, yes. Yeah. So uh, reading that or having you read that out loud and analyzing it, Yes. Um, that is as well written and makes as much sense as reading a book about how great parenting and having a newborn baby is going to be. Oh. And realizing as soon as you get that baby home how much it sucks. Whoa. Uh, come on. You're a father, Brad. You're, you're telling me it's not yeah. rewarding at all? Well, listen. The, the first night that this baby is up all night, Screaming and crying at the top of their lungs, you're like, yep, bad decision. Yeah, but it's your baby. Yeah, you can give them back at that point. So, so, uh, so you're saying but that... Here's, here's, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Here's what I'm saying, is that reading the article and what will happen in reality is going to be 100% opposite. And okay. it was painful to hear you read it. Okay. Not because it was you reading because it is such a poor article. Really? And luckily, when Bally Sports goes under, hopefully we won't ever have to read something from him again. Well, he... And he goes it, under with it. That's not how it works. He'll just work somewhere else. He was at NFL Network for Well, hopefully not. Yeah. Okay. He's too old. Get so rid why, of him. So why, is it, move on. 
what is it? Are you just saying fake news? I, I don't agree with it, so therefore it's not true, and we're supposed to move on. No, I just I just think it's where is it all coming from? You're talking about you whether know how, you, not you do you know how journalism works that you can't name yep. sources. Well, you should be able to. No, because that's not. Well, what is this conversation? What, what are we? What are we doing? So here's the deal. This is this is what we're doing. I don't quite understand where this is all coming from, considering the comments about the fit, which you hit the nail on the head. He's yes. been with the with the organization longer. If anybody should go, maybe it's Goody. Okay. And Goody is going to ride this Jordan Love thing out till the very end because that's his baby and that's his problem. So hopefully when this is all cleared up and we know that our four-time MVP is coming back, both okay. Goody and Love hit the road. This is this is a bizarre. I'm not I'm not quite sure what to do with this take, Brett. I'm not. So you're just he's coming back and and that's that. Okay, he's coming back. And you think that's I just you think let's that's not good let's not take let's not take the time. Okay, and fulfill the the hopes of all these people that just will not let the Rogers story die. Okay, that's fair. I, so I get the news cycle and how it's frustrating. I I totally get that. I just I, I don't know if Rogers isn't a part of things and he's not active with his teammates and he's not going to show up for off season things and not be 100% committed. do you think it's a little tough that the Packers are just supposed to cut him a check for $50 million and, and live with the results? Well, I, I is, get why but, they'd be frustrated. But how many years, how many years has it been that the veteran quarterback hasn't come to OTAs and stuff? Well, it sounds like since he got the contract extension, he's basically just been radio silent. He's been coasting since then. No, uh, I don't know about that. I think he played, he played hard. He did what, he needed to do and you look at actually I saw something on Facebook that a kid asked their dad uh, why didn't the Packers win more championships and it was a bunch of drops a well, bunch yeah, of that, that, was, that was one game that was the Buccaneers game and I totally agree that game was a catastrophe and we talked yeah, that about was it at funny. the time that's, that's one game the Packers aren't talking about the Tampa game they want to know if the guy they're paying 50 million dollars to every year who's getting older and can't do as, as much right if he's not committed, then the Packers are probably like, well, dude, we're not we're not going to pay for this if you're just going to coast. Ever since you got this contract, right. if you're not going to do your thing, we don't want you but here. He, he has also said straight up that if I am not, if I come back, I'm 100% in. Okay. That's what he said every year when he comes back. So he's not going to come back and half-butt it. Well, he did last year because he didn't show up to anything in the offseason. That's, that's well, what the he, Packers He has saying. it for years. That, exactly. That's what the Packers are saying. Since he got paid, but it's been it's been like been five it. years. It wasn't just because of this contract. Yeah, they had to pay him in 2018 too, and his contract was still two years. They had to extend him. They gave him all that money. They didn't have to. Oh, yeah. For some reason, they did. Right. We'll just have to wait and see. But I just think uh, it's just a crap story. All right, fake news. All right, just thanks, junk. Brett. Thanks, Brett. Go have yep. fun with your kids that you're so happy you have. It sounds like. Oh. oh my god. Let's take a break. If you want to text or call, I can get you on the other side. 608-796-2558. We got a lot of song requests. Wow. Wow. I just looked at how many texts I have. There's so many. We'll get to these next. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
show. A lot of texts coming in. Uh, most of them song recommendations because David called in at five and he said, well, we got to have two songs ready. One for if Jordan Love is the quarterback and one for if we learn Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. So I got all the recommendations and I'll get to those in a sec. Also some Brett and lacrosse slander. Uh, this text says worst caller in the state. Well, I don't, I can't speak to the whole state. Jesus. Uh, Brett has had some good calls recently. I just think Brett and I were just on different wavelengths there. I just think he perceives this differently than me, and, and we're not going to get anywhere on it. Uh, I don't know that it was a bad call. I just I don't think I agree. And this has been Brett's thing. When the story of Aaron Rodgers originally wanting out of Green Bay broke in the 2021 draft, he's basically just like, fake news. He's like, well, it's, it's not. He ended up coming back to the Packers after they gave him a bajillion dollars and traded for his best buddy and, you know, kissed the ring. It doesn't mean there was never any beef. So Brett's, let's just say, skeptical of sports journalism, and that's fine. That's his right as an American. It's becoming very popular with uh, people in this country to not listen to journalists. Mike from Chippewa Falls. Checking in. Hi, Mike from Chippewa Falls. Some song recommendations. Uh, Chuck in Onalaska says, song idea, what about leaving on a jet plane? John Denver, that would be a good one. Eric on I-90s, Pink Floyd, Comfortably Numb. I think I'm comfortably numb right now from the Aaron Rodgers discourse. I think, I've, I think I'm on that state already. He also says, Pink Floyd, wish you were here. Eric, do you have a favorite Pink Floyd song? I'm curious. Uh, follow up. This one says, Take It to the Limit by the Eagles. I mean, that's a good... Take it to the limit, all alone at the end. Of, I'm trying to think of... It's a good song. I fail to see the connection, but I love the song, Paul. Thank you. Rob in Stoddard says, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, uh, the song I'm playing is Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. And if he stays, I'm playing funeral music. He's a Bears fan. Mike in Colorado says, cool change by the Little River Band. Aha! Let's see. Jared in DeForest says, Rascal Flatts has a somber song called I'm Moving On. About moving on after a relationship. I like the country angle. Uh, This one says, I can't make you love me. Uh, Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. Good pull. Excellent pull. Thank you for that. And uh, Wait by White Line. I don't know that one. But I'm sure it's a slap. I will listen to it later today. I promise. Right after I watch The Godfather. I feel bad. I told David I was going to watch it. He was probably excited. Mike in Chippewa Falls has texted. Now he is called. Good evening, Mike. What's up? Hey, Grant. How are you? Uh, swell. I, I feel like me and Brett danced around in circles for a couple of minutes there, and that was probably frustrating to listen to. So I'm thinking about that. Yeah, I was a little, I was just a little bit confused, but. Uh, well, um, that's fine. I, I, yeah. I'm confused my every song, day from four to six. Was, it's fine. <laughs> my, my song was I'm Moving On by Hank Snow. It's from 1950. Um, I have the world's biggest. Uh, classic country collection from about 1925 to 1970 when I think country went in a direction I didn't like. So I have hundreds and hundreds of songs. Ooh, ooh, can, I, can I ask, sir. who in the early 70s took country in a direction you didn't like? I need names. Oh, yeah, Charlie Rich, Conway Twitty. Charlie Rich can't be number one. Now we need to talk about this because I was I, that was going to be my example of someone who was awesome in the early 70s. I love what's wrong with Charlie Rich. Yeah. All behind closed doors and um, great song. There's a couple other songs. Even better album. That album. That album starts. It's one of my favorite albums. Well, we're not going to find common ground on this, Mike. That start to finish. It's like Elvis, but a little more country. Like I had so Mike. Oh, Mike, Mike, Mike. Conway Twitty in the early '60s started out as a rock and roller. He had a some rock and roll songs. He did sound a bit like Elvis. Um, 
I have some of the songs on there. I don't like him either, but no, I'm, I'm more of a, um, go back to like Jim Reeves, Johnny Horton. Okay. Um, the oldies, you know, I got, North I got Alaska. like a huge, do some Johnny Horton. Oh yeah. I have, I think I have nearly every Johnny Horton song and I, I have, uh, probably nearly every Johnny Cash song. I, I have like 250 songs on my computer plus three full albums. It's, uh, yeah, I, I make gifts of CDs for people, MP3 CDs for people, or flash drives. I'd be happy to send you a flash drive someday if you, if I had your address. I, I have the entire Pink Floyd collection, every Ooh. single CD they ever made. I, some stuff that was never, never released. I so. think we need to do a Pink Floyd listening party. Like our station in Madison, they're doing the Hook and Fade Golf Simulator outing this weekend. I just think we need to get a bunch of our hippie listeners together, and we'll just listen to Pink Floyd. And maybe Eric on I-90 <laughs> can tell stories. I think that, that could be our own version of a darkness retreat. I want to do this now. Yeah, Com- comfortably numb is my favorite song by Pink Floyd. There's so much in there that just reminds me of when I was a kid. It's uh, it's almost um, um, like they picked my brain for that one. But um, yeah, I've listened to I listened to the first time I ever listened to Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon was in 1975. I was in the Navy. One of my buddies brought over a eight track tape, which a miserable product that was, but uh, sounded like crap. I loved the music so much, um, but. The point I was going to make was uh, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers' commitment. Yeah. And the last couple of years, uh, Tom Brady's renting high school football fields and working out on his own time with uh, his receivers. And, you know, and Aaron Rodgers is getting like air. What's the mushroom again? I keep forgetting the name. Um, he's getting mushroom enemas and, you know, whatever he's doing up oh, there a, or down. A, a, a Panchakarma cleanse, I believe, is what it was. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just tired of hearing what I want to. That's why Tom Brady's, even though Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen, um, Tom Brady's the greatest, and it's because of his commitment. I mean, I mean, started off a six round draft choice, and you know, kind of reminds me of Bart Starr when Bart Starr was a 17th round draft choice. They had that many rounds in those days, and yeah. uh, he just worked so hard and became great just through his work ethic and his intelligence and. Uh, but I know Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Nick, he's smart. I mean, he's super smart. I watched a game on TV once, you know, they're in Lambeau. So when he was at the, when he was under center, the stadium was quiet and I could hear him, everything he said. And he said, they were playing Tampa Bay. They weren't good then. He said, 50's going back, 50's going back. And all of a sudden, 50 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starts running backwards. Yeah. Going into coverage. He knew that before they did it. He knew it. I mean, the guy's brilliant. But he's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, he is. I just, I think the Packers feel, I think they, I, here's what I think happened. Here's what I, Mike, let's talk through this together. I think the Packers gave Aaron Rodgers that contract that was very damaging to the Packers. That was not a good deal for them. And they said, look, Rodgers, we will give you this deal to show you how committed we are to you. Yes, Jordan Love is on the roster, but grow up, be a big boy, play quarterback. We're going we're gonna to meet you halfway. We're going to give you this massive deal. We're going to make you the highest paid quarterback in the league at 38, 39. We're going to tie ourselves to you for years. We are buying into you. And I think the Packers did that to prove to Rodgers that they wanted him here, but also to try to like make this a two-way street. We're going to give you all this money. And as a result, we want you to be more committed, right? As you get older, we want you here. We don't want you missing training camp. We don't want you miss OTAs. And I feel like maybe the Packers feel as though that Aaron Rodgers isn't holding up his end of the deal. And I think maybe that's where oh, this is coming I, I from. I agree. I agree 100%. They showed their commitment with the massive contract. They committed to him. And he owes it to them. I don't care if he's not an honorable man. He doesn't want to honor his, his agreement. He's not a gentleman. Um, just 
beat it. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. yeah, you and Goody are on the same page. Then if it's if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. And and it seems like yeah, they like Jordan Love, but if Rodgers is all in and and is a good fit, as the you know the language that Goody can use, then I think they're receptive to having him back. That's what Silver said. But I, I just think they need more from him, especially after giving him all that money. I, it's going to be interesting, Mike. I, yeah. I did not expect before I let you go. I did not expect you. Uh, to hate on early 70s country. Most people think yeah. that country went to hell in the last 10 years. I'm glad that you were so ahead of the curve oh, on yeah. that. Yeah, well, my wife made me go to Ashley for the Arts in Arcadia like three times. And Ooh, who'd you one see? day I knew absolutely, I didn't know one song the whole day, but Brasco Flats came on and their their encore song was uh, was uh, Life is a Highway, which is a cover. Um, Steelers Wheel? Like, who did it originally? Metal. Sleep at the Wheel? Who did it originally? Life is a highway. Oh, uh, Tom Cochran of Red Rider. Oh. He did Life is a Highway back in the 80s or early 90s. Good pull. Yeah, you, you can quiz me on all this stuff. I'll get it because I'm a music nut. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, I just looked it up. You are correct. <laughs> Have an awesome night. We'll talk more music next time, I promise. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Mike in Chippewa Falls. And uh, I don't know why I have this drop saved, but I do. No I don't know why I have a Charlie Rich drop. I don't know what that was originally for, but I looked at my folder and I did have a drop save held uh, behind closed doors. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll talk more Rogers. I got some Peter King tidbits from this morning we can talk about as well. Wisco Sports Show, back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. This is a song for uh, both Eric on I-90 and Mike and Chippewa Falls. I guess Mike hates every country song made after 1970, which is outstanding. I love that. Don't give that up, Mike. You're not right, but I love that you feel that way. and That's your thing, and that's what matters. We're talking Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Mike Silver, who's pretty plugged into Rodgers, he's a Cal guy. He was at NFL Network. Now he's with Bally Sports. And he put out a piece this morning that basically outlined and put into detail what Bob McGinn reported a couple of weeks ago. Bob McGinn, very dramatic, said the Packers are disgusted. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Mike Silver might have given us more. He basically said that the Packers are tired of Rodgers' charade. Okay, that's understandable. But he writes about how Rodgers has checked out a little bit ever since he got to that contract. He got $50 million a year, and then he's been out, right? The words specifically are. The Packers believe that Rodgers somewhat checked out on them after signing a three-year, $150 million contract extension last March, ending weeks' worth of uncertainty about his future. And what I was talking about with Mike from Chippewa Falls and Brett, although Brett didn't agree with me, I said, I, I think this contract that was so bad, it's such a bad contract the Packers gave Rodgers. This contract was an attempt to meet Aaron Rodgers in the middle, say, hey, look at how committed we are to you. I know we drafted Jordan Love, but we're going to give you all the money in the world, $50 million a year. We're going to make you the highest paid quarterback at age 38. We know it's not a good idea. You know it's not a good idea. We're going to do it anyways. 
because that's how much we appreciate you. We have that much love and affection for you, as Rodgers would say. And that's how committed we are to you. And I think in doing that, the Packers hoped that Rodgers would reciprocate. And it seems like the opposite happened. I maybe would have had a conversation with him before giving the money. And maybe they did. And maybe Rodgers just got the money and said, all right, now I'm paid. And I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to you know, do the retreats. Look, it's not that the Packers don't want Aaron Rodgers to do darkness retreats. I think the Packers probably want him to remain in communication. They probably want him to come to training camp and OTAs and all the things and be a little bit more bought in. I don't think it's the the nonsense that's talked about on sports TV and sports radio, the darkness retreats and the cleanses and the, the plant medicine. I don't think that's what's tilting the Packers. I think that when they call, he probably doesn't answer. And when they want him at OTAs, he's not there. And he shows up week one and he's maybe not in perfect shape and he's not on the same page with anyone. I think that's the sticking point. Mike Silver also wrote that if the 39-year-old quarterback tells his bosses that he wants to return and commit to a single-minded quest for a second championship, they'd be receptive. Anything short of that, however, would leave them less than infused. Okay, so what's the delta? What's the difference? Meaning, point A is Rodgers checked out. And point B is Rodgers saying, I'm committed. I'm 100% in. I want to win a championship, and I'm all in. What's the difference between point A and point B? What would change between point A and point B? Because if it's a night and day difference, and Rodgers is now going to be uber involved and do all of these things, that's nice, but I'm all of a sudden a little frustrated as to why it took this off-season conversation between the Packers and Rodgers about his involvement. I'm a little bit frustrated that he wasn't that bought in last year. The year before, they were on the precipice of a Super Bowl. Right? Last year, they had rookie-wide receivers. Like, Rodgers was needed, and I guess he wasn't there. So, I guess I'm a little frustrated by that. And we don't know the details. We can kind of assume and we can kind of guess. Let's talk to Mark, 608-796-2558. What's up, Mark? Hey, uh, just Aaron Rodgers talk. Um, very interesting. I, I I wonder if, based on everything we're hearing, if it's just all conjecture. I mean, we, we haven't heard anything specifically from Goody. Mm-hmm. He's, now, when he's talking about commitment at the Combine, was he talking about Rodgers just saying, yes, I'm coming back? Is that the only thing he meant? And, you know, Silver and these other national guys who – do they have the pulse or are they making conjecture themselves? And are we getting ourselves whipped up into a frenzy with only half truths and partial information? Um, and when we're talking about OTAs, it's interesting. What did we hear from the Packers when Rodgers wasn't showing up to OTAs the last five years? Were we hearing the, well, you know, Rodgers is certainly a veteran and he knows himself and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Or it was, eh, we don't need him. We're good. He shows up at training camp. He's ready to rock, and we're very happy with that. And if it's the latter, then OTAs is a non-starter. It's just people saying, well, other quarterbacks do this. Well, each quarterback is unique and different. Some quarterbacks need the OTAs, even the veterans. Some don't. And maybe Rodgers doesn't. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you in that all quarterbacks are different. I struggle to conceive of a quarterback that would be better off with his wide receivers for not coming to OTAs. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you would really have to sell me on, well, this quarterback's actually better if he doesn't come to OTAs. I, I'm with you that every quarterback is different, but that that seems like a little bit of a stretch. I, I know what you're saying, right, but it's a little right. bit of a stretch. 
Yeah, well, and, and you know, Rogers made the argument that OTAs is for putting in the basic plays and figuring that out, yeah. and what he does is the level 300 courses. Now, there's something to be said for having a, that rapport, but the, that rapport very well could be built up over a training camp because that's not just a week and then we go play. That's a lot longer than OTAs, mm-hmm. and it's more consistent, and you're, they're, they're in the room. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'll end with this. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be excited if Rodgers comes back because mm-hmm. it'll be that, that last hurrah, whether it's one year or three, and maybe he's got some magic left. Maybe the Packers get lucky with some draft picks or some free agents or something. Um, I will also be happy if he says, ah, I'm done. Uh, let's see what Jordan Love can do. It'll be like, this is new. This is interesting. Maybe Love will be great. Maybe yeah. he'll suck balls and we'll have to go somewhere direction. The only thing I wouldn't be happy with is if Rodgers gets traded. And I don't know that he would go for that because he's that he's that legacy guy. Yeah. He would hate to follow in the footsteps of Favre. One of the reasons why he never wow. threw any interceptions was because he was hesitant because he didn't want to be Favre. So I, 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 I agree with you on that. He, he's taken care of that himself. I don't think the Packers need to help him look like Favre. He's he's turned into Favre the last couple off seasons in a very different <laughs> way. He, he's Favre sure. in his own Aaron Rodgers way. But like if, if he was afraid of turning into Favre, I, I feel like he's kind of written that book for himself, whether the Packers end up trading well, him or not. Right. Well, in so much that I don't, for one, I don't think he'll go to the Jets because he'll be like, oh, you said Favre there. Screw that. Yeah. That might just be enough for him to say I'm back or just retire. Um, Cause he's that spiteful guy where he's like, I ain't going to be Favre. Yeah. You think I'm being, wishy-washy, but I wasn't, and I'm going to prove you wrong by coming back, or I'm going to prove you wrong and just flat-up retire and not try to unretire. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm with you on on being happy in most outcomes here, Mark, and I'm going to let you go. You have an awesome night. Yeah. Thank you for the call. That's our friend, yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark in, uh, in Madison. I'm a... I, I, I feel the need to remind myself and to remind, you know, you if you're listening or calling or texting... The Packers have a couple nice outcomes here. If they trade Rodgers, they get some nice draft picks. We see what Jordan Love has, right? And Jordan Love's good. Awesome. If he's terrible, okay, you have clarity. You know what you do next. Aaron Rodgers comes back, according to the reporting that we're seeing in the comments from Brian Gutekunst, it's going to be a more committed Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is really good. And he's been really good for a long time. And he's a Packer great. So getting to watch him for another year would maybe be a pill to swallow for folks that want to see him out of here, but it's in the end a a net positive. And if he retires, then he retires a Packer and he never plays for anybody else. And that is a nice result as well. I don't know. I don't know. The way that they handle Aaron Rodgers in this offseason, I think tells us a little bit about Jordan Love too. It seems like from what I've read today that they want to go to Jordan Love because they're sick of Rodgers and he's not bought in. They don't necessarily want to go to Love because they think Love is amazing. They seem to like Love, but this isn't Favre to Rogers all over again. Let's talk to FedEx Fred before we take our last break. 608-796-2558. What's up, Fred? My question is this, Grant. Ish. At what point do Packer fans just stop caring about about this and the Aaron Rodgers? Like, you know, how many... We went through it for five years with Favre. It's now been going on two plus years with Rodgers like come on man 
I think I think Packers fans are starting to tune out some of the Rodgers noise and get tired of it. I don't think they're ever going to tune out this team. I don't think it really can't be that hard of a decision, can it? Either you come back and play football or you retire. Um, it's it's, question because the choice is his. So it's a yes or no question, isn't it? It seems simple, but look at Brady, look at Favre, look at Manning. Like these guys really struggle when it's coming time to make a decision. It just seems to be an old quarterback thing. They all go through this. They they do it in different ways, but it seems to be difficult for all of them. I, I just think it's an easy question. Either you come back and you take the $55 million, yeah, or you say, no, I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah, or I'm going to, no, I'm going to go and live in California and become a, a guru or a shaman. Uh, what do we think Rodgers is going to do post football? Do you think he's going to have a Joe Rogan type podcast? It's, it seems to be where this is going. Oh, yes, he's he's going to go down the the podcast road of wearing hep pants, no no shoes, probably just let everything let his hair go, grow a beard, and just be like, "This is life, man." <laughs> I was so caught up in the machine. Now I'm free. Oh, <laughs> Him and Eric on an idea are going to partake in some plant medicine and listen to Pink Floyd together. That's what, that's what comes next for Rodgers. Do you think Aaron Rodgers listens to Pink Floyd? Um, I think Rodgers... This is going to make me sound anti-Rodgers. I think Rodgers is the type of guy to say he listens to Pink Floyd, but he doesn't. Like, I... I would try to say, oh, I listen to Pink Floyd, but really I know a couple hits. I know time. I know a couple, but I don't. But Rodgers would be the type of guy, like if McAfee, if, if Pink Floyd came up, he would he would talk about Pink Floyd like he's an expert. That seemed to be a thing that he would do. I have a feeling Rodgers would just go like, yeah, Dark Side of the Moon, great album. Yeah. Not as yeah. good as Zeppelin, but Zeppelin 4, but it's up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he probably just listens to talk radio, and that's it. <laughs> he listens to the show. <laughs> He listens to Sean Hannity and the Wisco Sports Show every single day in the afternoon. That's his lineup. Oh my god! Uh, I was just I was just thinking about that today. I was like, it's just an easy decision. Like everybody has to make this decision at one point in their life. Do I continue working or am I comfortable enough to retire? Yeah. And I, I, and make, I, I make that decision maybe? every day. Before I left my apartment, I looked at my PlayStation. I was like, I could just become a bum and just play video games all day. But I, I actively make the choice to come here and do this show. <laughs> oh I got to take one final break, Fred. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I got to go. No. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, have a good one. FedEx Fred. We're back in three minutes. We'll wrap up the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. Last couple of minutes, you know, I listen to Dan Patrick sometimes in the morning. I get my daily dose of over the line with our friend Ebo and Rowdy, RJ, Mr. Ben Kenny, who was filling in for Ebo today. And then sometimes I dabble in a little little DP. Who doesn't like a DP now and then? And every day at the end of the DP show, as I laugh at what I just said. Every day at the end of the DP show, they say, hey, what did we learn today? And they go around and all the Danettes say one thing that they learned today. Now, not to steal a bit, but I feel like we learned a lot today. We learned that Brett and lacrosse likes to smear journalists. We learned that 
Mike and Chippewa Falls can't stand any song made after 1970. Uh, we learned that Eric on I-90, uh, he couldn't stand the Wizards' pink jerseys. What did he, he called them the Pepto Brigade, didn't he? <laughs> so Eric doesn't like the pink jerseys. Uh, we learned that Hector on Alaska got into a shouting match with someone who is going five miles over the speed limit, which doesn't seem like... I, I need more explanation to that scenario. This person almost hit his friend's dog, but the dog was in the road. It was a very... We need to dive back into that maybe tomorrow. And we learned that the Packers are a little bit fed up and feel as though Aaron Rodgers has checked out on them after he got that contract. Interesting. I just summed up the show in 30 seconds. Thanks, Dan Patrick. Thanks, DP. Love a DP. Tomorrow... I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll figure it out. There'll probably be more Rogers stuff, and we'll eat it up because that's what we do. Have an awesome night. I'll talk to you at 4 tomorrow.